This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. And Sportsnet 360 as well. And if you're watching us on Sportsnet 360, you'll notice that I am in studio for the first time since forever. I've actually left my home. They've let me out of the basement for a day. Or sorry, the uh, the broadcast studio, the broadcast facility high atop Merrick Manor. In You're in my Stowe chair. Well, that's the one you sit in. <laughs> Be it a kid. One day, there's gonna ha- we're gonna have that um, uh, that kung fu snatch the pebble grasshopper. Then may you leave the temple moments. Yeah. Totally well, you left the temple. Here. That's for sure. I did too. Hey, I want to know because I haven't seen you. I've been face to face with you since last spring. When did you turn into George Peros? You uh, look like you went from looking like Drew Doughty to looking like George Peros, like that. I'm trying to portray a tougher image. How's it working? It's not working. My daughter softens me up. No, it's um, my wife hates it. So that's one thing. Yeah. But I don't care. It's, it is what it is. Because um, right. I can't be um, clean shaven. No chance. Why not? Because I look like a 16 year old and it's not good. And my face is the size of a manhole cover. So the mustache and somewhat beard helps cover that up a little bit. Oh, is that the strategy here? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So instead of like hitting the gym or watching what you eat, you're just going to go facial hair. Yep. To hide it. That's essentially your strategy here for the season. Pretty much, yeah. Um, we got a lot to get to today. Elliot's going to stop by here in a couple of moments. Mike Russo, bottom of the hour, lots on the Minnesota Wild. Mike Rupp, one of our favorites in hour two. Sean Reynolds on the Winnipeg Jets. I'm sure nothing about ticket sales will come up there. Oh, that's a big story right now. <laughs> the whole like half hour on it on the podcast last night, me and Elliot. But you want to talk about slap shots. Yeah, I do. Because last night we saw Philip Forsberg blow one by the Rangers. And we saw Tyler Myers blow one by the... Hey, um, yes. as a quick aside, Nashville with the Rangers yesterday, tweet of the night. Nashville Predators social media team, we found the quit in New York. That was pretty good. Just that they took the screwdriver, they they stuck it in, and then they turned it just a little, just... But yeah, slap shots. We don't see them anymore. There's a reason. A few reasons. Well, one is they take too long. That would be the one thing. So I can recall. Well, I mean, back pressure is like what back pressure is now. Like someone's on you right away. You don't <laughs> yeah, have time to what, come down the wing like Mike Bossy. You need to Rick double Vibe the size of the rink to have a style. slap shot every every yeah. shift. But I mean, I can recall. Here's this is the uh, uh, the old moment, the first old moment of the show. Mm. Like I'm old, and there'll be plenty. There, oh, I today's remember, show. Yeah, I remember a time. I remember a time, young Matthew. I remember a time, Maddie, where once upon a time. There was, if you were a trailing winger, okay, you had one job. Essentially, if you were a back-checking winger, you know what your job was? What's that? Make sure the other team's defense doesn't get in front of you. Like, that was it. That was your job. Like, think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever watched old games and wonder, like, wow, how did Bossy have all that time to wind up? How did Vive have all that time to wind up? How did insert player X from the 70s and 80s here have all this time to wind up. Because the way it was taught was, if you're a back-checking winger, just don't let the defense get in front of you. Yeah. The trailing defense. So there was room for everybody to wind up. Now you have zero time. That's why I always said I was always the last guy in the zone and the last guy out of the zone offensively. They had to back-check with a crane. Oh, back-check was... There was no back-check... No paycheck, nothing. It didn't, it didn't exist. I still get chirped about it to this day, and I haven't played junior hockey in a long time. My father-in-law reminds me of that every once in a while. He's like, you remember when you didn't back check? I was like, I had the defenseman. What are you talking about? I had my guy. I wasn't a center. I had my guy. I ever tell you what I tell um, in men's league, what I always uh, tell my goaltender, because I'm a defenseman. 
What's I always that? tell my goaltender, it's it's my stock line. I use it for every single, maybe you've heard me say this before and you use it on your goaltender as well. I always say the same thing before every game. I go up to my goalie and say, look, if you're going to not, if you're not going to stop shots four, five, and six, don't bother with one, two, and three. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, because that makes more work for you, too. See, my brother's my men's league goalie, so I don't tell him anything because right. he doesn't deserve that. Actually, it's his birthday today. Happy nice. birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Alex. Um, Maddie's going to be pepper and parsley uh, in the soup here all program long over the next couple of hours as we uh, bounce in and out of guests. And our first one is aboard. He is Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Hello, Elliot. I just wanted to tell you, Jeff, I finished a workout and I'm not eating on my ends. I got so many texts about that. So on the on the podcast yesterday, we mentioned uh, we were talking about eating habits for both of us. And I was mentioning that I called you before this show yesterday and you mentioned that you were finishing up your workout. And I don't like to interrupt people while they're working out. But I said, Elliot, just, you know, call me back when you're done doing whatever you're, whatever you're doing. And you said, no, 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 I'm on to the M&M's part of my workout. I just finished <laughs> up. <laughs> the M&M's part of my workout. Anyhow, uh, what did you have post-workout today? Protein shake or chocolate bar? You know what? Just water. I'm heading back home now from uh, the nice. gym. So uh, I'm going to make, I'm gonna make my, my yogurt parfait when mm. I get when I get home. I have to tell you, Jeff, I had some people. We, we joked about it a little bit on the pod this morning. I had some people who said to me, Watching the Stutzley piece, they yeah. were like, "Elliot, you've really lost a lot of weight, but your your man boobs were not in good form on, on the Stutzley piece." You're, so I, you're, hang on a second. You're always, you always take shots of yourself here. You're leaning out, man. Like pretty soon, you're gonna turn sideways and you're gonna vanish. I, I don't know, but I undid it all with the Stutzley piece. Like my buddies were all over me. They were like, <laughs> you, "You did not dress yourself." They said, "They said." What, wasn't the person who dresses you at Sportsnet there? And I said, no, no, she wasn't in Sweden. They said, the next time you go anywhere, you have to take her with you because you damaged your suddenly <laughs> leaner reputation with the way you looked on camera during that food slip. It was pretty funny. My buddies are pretty merciless. That's why I love them. So it was, yeah. it was funny as hell. That's a little yeah. bit savage, but not quite as savage. I don't know if you had a chance to have a look at this last night. After Nashville beat the New York Rangers 4-1, to one, did you see the Nashville, like, bless the social media team there. Did you see the Predators tweet, we found the quit in New York? You know, I have to tell oh. you, that, was, that wasn't even the wildest one last night. What do you got? Did you see Arizona? No, what did the Yotes do? St. Losers above the Gateway Arch. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. You know what? Because I'll tell you, I mean, here's, it's been said before. Um, the best thing about hockey is it's full of, you know, young, respectful, you know, athletes. And the worst thing about hockey is it's full of young, respectful athletes. I don't know anyone that's ever said, I can't wait to watch this game tonight to watch how these two teams respect each other. <laughs> I really can't wait to see how they're going to respect one another. Oh, look. Austin Matthews is uh, facing off against Connor Bedard. I can't wait to see these two get out there and respect one another. No way. I want what Nashville's bringing to New York, and I want what Arizona's bringing to St. Louis. I'll take that all you know, day the long. On. The only thing I say about that, Jeff, and I think this is in a lot of ways right now, there's a lot of people in the world who can dish it out, but they can't take it. And... um you know, my father always said that to me because I used to like to, 
I used to like to say things to people, and he said, you know, Elliot, someday uh, someone's going to send it back to you in a way that you don't like. Or if you really push someone too far, they may snap, and you may have to deal with the consequences. And that's uh, the one thing. That's the one thing I've always said. If you're like, I don't have a problem Hank, with this. I know there are people who do. I don't have a problem with this. The only thing is, if you're going to dish it out, you better be prepared to take it. But in Arizona's defense here, is there a team in the NHL that has had sand kicked in its face more than that squad? Well, that may be true. I would also say a lot of it has been self-inflicted. <laughs> no, there's an element of Sideshow Bob in the rakes in all of that. I understand that. And as far as Nashville goes, I mean, how many times have they heard it about banner raising? Some of that also might be self-inflicted. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know what? The thing is, like, I think it's funny yeah. because, you know, it's like I said, it's like we were talking about before with my buddies and the way I was dressed. And obviously people see the way that Kevin and I really interact with each other on air. I think there's, uh, like, I think there's room for that. Like, it, I have a really thick skin. It, it takes a lot for me to get offended. Um, as long as the intent is proper, uh, I don't, and not mean-spirited or anything like that, I don't have huge problems with it. I just, you know, the one thing is, like, there's some days where you catch the bear, and there's some days where the bear catches you. So you you better be ready for those days where the bear catches you. That's all. Now, did you notice, I just got a, a text from someone about this, did you notice who's sitting on the arch in St. Louis in the Arizona tweet? You know what? I I didn't. I I did. I saw that there's people on it, but I never. It's you know I'm t- I'm too lazy to pull it in. It's Clayton Keller. Well, you know what? That, in a lot of ways, that's <laughs> that's perfect because he's a St. Louis guy, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's perfect. So let's just talk about tweets here for the next uh, 20 minutes. It's going to be like the old iDesk days from uh, Hockey Night in Canada with me and, uh, with me and ScoMo. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so as you're driving home, how much are you thinking about how the rebuild is done in Philadelphia? 4-1 to one over the Edmonton Oilers. Is that more about Philadelphia or is that more about Edmonton or maybe a combination of both as he gives us off Well, landing. first of all, I never like to take credit away from the Flyers. They played really hard last night. Um, you know, one of the, I, I heard uh, even before he scored at the end of the second period last night that they were pleasantly surprised with Sean Walker. Like you know, he was kind of a guy who was forgotten in that yeah. in that deal, and uh, and they were like, "Whoa, we got." I heard they were saying we got a better hockey player than we realized, and it was nice to see him get rewarded with that with that big goal. Yeah. Look, Philly's playing hard. You know, one of the things that Tortorella's done there is good players are not playing. Like Morgan Frost is a good player, and, and and he's scratched. So especially the young players, they get you know they, they get they get it. They understand that he's creating a situation where players are going to sit if they're not doing what he thinks they should be doing. And then, you know, Couturier last night, you know, you, you were you were waxing poetic about him on the pod. And I went back and I went back after we recorded and I watched a few of his shifts. And you know what, Jeff, that was that was vintage Couturier. Oh, yeah. Like he was chasing McDavid all around the ice. Now, there's a lot of things I don't like about the Oilers right now. I, I tend not to overreact. It's early. 
and, and I think the team is too good. But you know, hey, they had two rough ones to start the year. They, you know, what they could be zero and forty six, and they're going to give Nashville all kinds of trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last night, I didn't like that. That was of all the games they played so far, even the eight one one. This was the one I liked the least because. I just thought they're they're like the way they look, their body language. Kelly Rudy's a big body language guy. Yes. Um, you know their body language last night was terrible, and yeah, you know I just you know I still thought that game was winnable at points for Edmonton. I just I didn't like them last night. I thought they just looked like great teams shouldn't look the way they looked last night. Is is mm-hmm. what I'll say. A couple of things on Philly here, because to your point, I don't want to take anything away from Philadelphia. Like, they went out and beat the Edmonton Oilers soundly and solidly. And you're right, Couturier's line was up against Connor McDavid's line. Um, And now that Patrice Bergeron has left the Selkie chat, uh, that is open. And, you know, Sean Couturier, before the injury and the surgeries, was always in contention for the Selkie trophy. We'll see where that goes. There's a couple of players on the Flyers that I'm really happy for. Um, with this start, uh, you mentioned Sean Walker. I think that's a really good defenseman. I'm with you on that one. Um, the other two, uh, Sean Couturier, the aforementioned, yeah. he looks like he's back. And Joel Farabee. You know, yeah. we talk a lot about um, Jack Eichel with the artificial disc replacement and yeah. uh, uh, everything, you know, subsequent, you know, the rehab and getting back in and, um, you know, winning the Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights. And in a lot of ways, you know, that's going to, he, he was a canary in the coal mine for this type of surgery in the NHL. Tyler Johnson of Chicago had the same, and so did Joel Farabee. And yeah. Farabee had a really tough season last year for the Philadelphia Flyers, wasn't able to, to work out, wasn't able to train, had the tough season, but he's back in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And as much as this is, you know, we always, we're always curious about what rebuilds are going to look like and how much do you tear it down to the nuts and bolts. There's still some really good players on this team, and those are just a couple that I mentioned there. I'm happy for Couturier. I mean, there was a, there was a while there, Elliot, where we were all wondering, is that it for the yep. career? Is he done? And we're always wondering how players bounce back from ADR surgery now because now there's three. Yep. And, and if Joel Farabee is back, all of a sudden that makes it easier for other players in the Eichel-Johnson-Farabee situation uh, with, their, with, their, uh, with their health to make that decision for artificial disc replacement as opposed to fusion. Do you have a thought on that yeah. one? Yeah, I think you're completely right, and I, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm very happy for Couturier. I'm very happy for Farabee, and I, I think you should also lump Cam Atkinson in there too because yeah. he's another guy, not the same situation, but he's another guy who's been through an awful lot. And uh, look, like uh, at the end of the day, you just want to see people healthy and playing. And Couturier in particular last night, he was, he was excellent. He was. Uh, you have a thought on the Calgary Flames, um, who took leads four times in that game before finally putting the Buffalo Sabres away. Four to three is the final score there. You have a thought on the Flames. Uh, 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 Fladar, by the way, with the big win. Yeah, you know, the one thing I'd say about the Flames is um, the, the one thing that I think is noticeably better about them uh, this year, uh, Jeff, is that they're better at not falling apart when things go badly for them. 100%. It, ha- it happened in the opener against Winnipeg, and it happened again 
uh, last night. Like they 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 had several leads early last night. You know, I think Vladar's a really good goalie, uh, but he's got this thing where when Calgary gets ahead, he gives up goals, and it happened a couple times last night. Although at the end of the day, he held the fort. I gotta like I gotta think too. You know, Calgary. If you, I don't know if you watched the last two minutes of that of that game, mm-hmm. but they, they probably gave Conroy and Huska a heart attack. First, they went offside with an empty net, and then they iced the puck twice on the power play. Like they were giving Buffalo every chance at the end of that game to tie it. Um, but you know, they they held on. Like that's one thing I, I have noticed. I. I they seem to be a more resilient group this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully for them, uh, that will continue. You can tell, though, Huska is still trying to figure out where all the pieces fit. It's kind of like Toronto. Toronto's trying to figure out, Keith, where all the pieces fit. Yeah. And, and Huska's going through it right now. i got to tell you, Jeff, I've never done a radio interview before wow. where, I, where I had to slalom through geese. Uh, all over the road, like I just did. <laughs> this is a new skill you're learning, Elliot. They stopped. They started. They went back. They came back. There were pockets of them. Oh yeah. Um, no, no geese were harmed in the middle of this interview. That's actually very Canadian of you to protect the geese here, Elliot. Yeah. As you yeah. slalom them through, they are they are the kings of the road. We uh, we defer yes. to them at yes, all they are. all situations. Well, you know where everything is fitting right now is Vegas. And yep. again, last night, uh, they stick it to Winnipeg and the attendance a little bit better. The Stanley Cup champions are in town, 11,521 as opposed to 11,226 that we saw against Los Angeles. Um, but Vegas is going right about, you know, showing you. It's, uh, it's almost as if they, uh, they had, you know, uh, coconut water uh, <laughs> after a night of drinking because they're waking up without hangover at all. Uh, your thoughts on the, uh, I mean, the freight train that Vegas is to kick off the season. I want to get the Colorado in a second here, but uh, Stanley Cup hangover, uh, no thank you. Nope. We haven't even left the table. We'll st- we're still here playing. Whatever the Golden Knights use for hangovers, please send some of it no uh, my way. No kidding. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I would just say this, Jeff. Um, first of all, on the Jets, I've gotten a bunch of DMs this morning from Jets fans. And I just wanted to say I appreciate them because uh, we talked about it on the pod today. And I, I really appreciate them uh, giving me uh, their view of what they think is going on there and why they might feel a bit disaffected or disenchanted. So I appreciate their notes and I hope they keep them coming. You know, on what, Vegas, on, what, have, what, have, what have they said like, overwhelmingly? Like, so what, is, what has been consensus from the Winnipeg Jets feedback that you've received? So far, and, you know, I don't want to say it is a, um, it, it's a majority. It's, it's been a few, but uh, I, I think they just feel like, um, I, I think there's two things. A, a couple of people say, you know, it's been the same team for a few years, and although they have started to make changes to it, mm-hmm. and since 2018, they really haven't gone that far. So there's a little bit of that, which goes back to what you and I were talking about, which is why I think some teams are really afraid to rebuild in a yeah. game-driven league. But I think they also feel like a little bit like it's um, – I've had a couple of people say to me, like it's almost taken for granted that you just – the Jets come back and everybody was so happy and they're just going to be there forever. And can yeah. there be more done to make the fans feel that they are – 
appreciated or more can be done for them in terms of game presentation or other things in the community. So, I mean, like it's early and I, I don't want to draw any conclusions, but there have definitely been more DMs than normal today from people, mm-hmm. um, and I do appreciate them. I like to hear feedback, although, again, with Twitter, because only 20 to 25% of people have an account, I'm always very careful about jumping to conclusions. But when it comes to Vegas, like, you know, whatever, whatever, they, got th- whatever they got there, um, there, there's no fat and happy in, in Vegas right now. They no. are... They, you know, that's a team that, and I, and I, I got to think the guy, one of the guys that really helps that is Petrangelo because he's been through it, right? Like St. Louis has never been the same team since they won the Stanley cup. Yep. So he probably has a big understanding of, you know, what they went through and, and what happened and, uh, and why they didn't stick together. But mm-hmm. this, this Vegas team, they look really good. And you mentioned Colorado. I watched a bit of them last night. Holy jeez. Like, I mean, well, look. like Chicago's, Chicago, Chicago's okay. at the end of the road trip. They're out of gas, yeah. altitude, all of it. But they it's got the end, clubbed. It's, a, it's, a, it's the different spectrum, right? You've got one of the best teams in the league, even with Bedard, one of the worst teams in the league. And I, I have to say that... You know, Denver saw, uh, 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 like as you said, a team that was ripe for the picking, and they were they were merciless. Like that is that is a team that was out to say we're not giving you any reason to think you're going to win this game tonight. Speaking of color, how about Logan O'Connor with a pair of shorties already? Yeah, to kick off the season. I mean, forty-one eighteen were the shots on goal. O'Connor Bedard is getting smoked every time he touches the puck. I know it's the end of the road trip. They're a uh, they're a, 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 a developing team right now. I get it. I understand all that. But, man, the Avs were just like, nope, we're going to take you into deep water and we're going to see if you can tread water with us. Like, that's what, that's what the, the, when you consider the altitude, I've always felt this about Colorado. They're at their best when they say, okay, we're used to this, so let's start playing at this really high tempo and see how long you can, you can keep up with us. And you That's see it, like teams, do. teams fall off, and we're not used to this, and it's our one time in Denver, <gasps> the third period <gasps> comes around, and there's, <gasps> and can't get to the bench <gasps> quick enough, oh, second period, long change, I'm trapped out here. like, And that's where Colorado just picks you apart. And I know it's unfair because of where Chicago's at, but that was, like, that was the killer Colorado avalanche that we're used to seeing, Elliot. And now we're looking at the two teams that maybe are the two best in the Western Conference in Vegas and Colorado early already at the height of their powers. And Georgiev, by the way, looks yeah. fantastic this season. Well, I was looking at, I look at the money puck stuff because uh, I kind of like it. Uh, um, it just gives me an idea of who's doing better than expected and who's doing worse than expected. Although I have to say to you, Jeff, like a, a number of teams have warned me to be very careful about public models. They say that, I know. you know, what is behind the scenes is different, but still that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there doing very good work with the data that they have. But I was looking at the money puck stuff and Georgia is right at the top, right? In terms of goal save above expected. So you know, that's, uh, that, that looks like it was a heck of a trade for them. But, Jeff, that's what good teams do. They say, oh, a, a, team's, a, a team's coming in who's not as good as we are. Uh, we're not going to take it easy on them. And, yeah. you know, that's what they did. By the way, I still can't believe we're talking about Ryan Reeves and Corey Perry four <laughs> days after it happened. Wait, you want to throw another log on the fire? 
No, I got nothing else. I was just, I was just like, I, I saw more quotes last night and this morning, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh, it doesn't stop. It's relentless, yeah. but it's a gift at all that 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 keeps on giving too, right? I mean, yeah. it's like more, more, more feuds. Whether it's Nashville having to go with the Rangers, whether it's the Coyotes having to go with the Blues, whether it's Ryan Reeves and Corey Perry bickering back and forth. I don't know what's the uh, the old Eric Bischoff line: controversy equals cash. I mean, yes. This well, is also this how you what reason what Reeves has done here with this is that there's not as much focus on the team struggling a little bit to defend. Yeah, and guys, guys are having trouble finding the roles on uh, their new team and, and figure out where everybody is. So, in that way, uh, Reeves is the master of the. Oh, that's a problem. Well, why don't you look over here? Uh, situation. It's very. Very good. Very good plan. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the the master of uh, illusion, he's good friends with Darcy Oak, as we all know, and he's the right, master really? at it. So that's uh, he's he's learned from the master uh, in a lot of ways, Elliot. He's learned from the master. What did, what did you make of that Maple Leafs, Florida Panthers? Specifically, the first two goals and the Oliver Ekman-Larsen seeing eye goal, which, again, uh, for all young defensemen out there, it doesn't have to be a Al McInnes-type slap shot just get it to the net. That's what Nick Lidstrom proved to everybody. Yeah, that's true. The, the, there, there was the one goal last night where Klingberg puts the puck on the wall and nobody's there and it ends up in their net. Yeah, like that. That says to me that Klingberg. It's one of those plays, Jeff, where Klingberg thinks that's where he's supposed to put it because somebody's supposed to be there. And I don't know if that's his mistake or someone else's mistake. But it's a breakdown. Like somebody thought someone was supposed to be there, or Klingberg, or Klingberg made a mistake and put it somewhere where he thought someone was supposed to be, but they weren't. But they weren't. I don't know what happened on that play. I know I've watched hockey long enough to know that somebody thought something wrong or something got yeah. mixed up, and that says to me you've got a team here that is still figuring out how to get all the pieces put together and figuring out uh, what to do. I think the other thing that concerned me for Toronto last night is Florida was consistently on the puck in the Toronto zone uh, much faster than the Leafs were. So those were the two things I looked at, you know, Toronto the other night. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. I I really am. Uh, Toronto, Tampa, um, you know, these two teams do not like each other. Um, uh, You know, I think there's, you know, they've both had their moments you know, Tampa found a way to beat Vancouver last night, uh, but they've both had their moments this year where you can tell they're kind of adapting to a lot of new, uh, like Tampa's trying a new defensive system. They've got new players. Toronto's got new players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be interesting, Jeff, to see this one tomorrow night. Do you, uh, How aggressive do you think Tampa's looking for a netminder right now? Or are they even looking at all, do you think, with uh, the Vasilevsky injury? Well, I mean... Look, like they've had a couple of opportunities. Martin Jones, they said no. Malcolm Subban, they said no. David Riddick, they said no. I mean, we still, Detroit still got three goalies. Buffalo still got three goalies. And, you know, about Buffalo, Levi's played four in a row now. I got to think one of those other two guys is going to play. Yeah. Uh, Comrie or Lukanen. Um, it's time one of those other guys played. Um, you know, I, 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 I like either, either they're just stubborn and saying, we're going to make our way through. Or they've got one specific, and Montreal still got Caden Primo up, yeah. you know, they, or they've got one specific person in mind that they're waiting to see if they go on, on waivers. But I'll say this, like if Brisebois thinks that Johansson's going to hold them above water, 
he might just stick with it. We'll see there. Um, quick thought on on uh, on Devin Levi as well. The Buffalo Sabers hasn't exactly been the start to the season that he no. would have hoped, or the Buffalo Sabers really would have hoped. He really got bailed out by a video review last night, big time. And yes. you know, one of the things that we talked about when it became obvious that it's like, okay, you know, uh, Devin, it's time to uh, to buy a house here in in Buffalo. Feel feel free to to, to plant some roots. Is a it's hard to be a starting netminder in the NHL. B, it's hard to be a, uh, a starting net minder with only a handful of games under your belt in the NHL. And C, if you look historically, and there are a couple of, but only a couple of examples to the contrary, it's really hard to go from college hockey to starting goaltender in the NHL. That is a yeah. really, Elliot, a really, really tough transition. And essentially, that's what's being expected, hoped for, however you want to describe it of Devin Levi in Buffalo. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, uh, I really like Levi and and I think in the long run, he's going to be a great goalie. Um, I just think it's interesting. He's, you know, he's played all four games now and uh, I have to check. I mean, how many teams has one guy played all four games so far? I don't know off the top of my head. I, I'd have to. I'd have to check that. So I gotta think they'll give him a rest. Like I'm. A, I'm a believer in the guy. I think yeah. he's really talented, and I think he'll be a great goalie. Um, you know, like. But the the thing that Buffalo's done here is they like they've definitely given him the run. Like you can't say that they haven't done right by him. And if 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 if, if it ever gets to a point where they mm-hmm. decide, you know what, we're going to send you to Rochester to get a bit of work. It's not going to be because of lack of opportunity. Our producer, David Sis, getting in my ear saying Georgiev has played every game for the Avalanche this year. So that is four. It's good that like someone's paying attention. Good job. <laughs> Can't expect me to do it. Please. I'm just, I'm just hosting this little uh, enterprise here. Um, real quick before I wrap up, uh, tomorrow afternoon, the, uh, for my money and a lot of people's as well, the biggest game of the day, and I know you're looking forward to Tampa and Toronto, the biggest game of the day might be an afternoon game, 1 o'clock yeah. Eastern, Ottawa Senators, Detroit Red Wings. You have a hot 30 seconds on this one. Well, I, I'm I'm disappointed it's not on our air. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I know. That's number one. <laughs> that that's number one. I mean, look, I I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I, you know, like there's all this discourse around the Brinket. Like two things can be true. Number one, the Brink. There's nothing wrong with the Brinket saying he wants to go home to Detroit. Yeah. And number two, there's nothing wrong with the Ottawa fans booing the hell out of him for it. Like those two things are not mutually exclusive. Both can be right. And um, I, I think it's going to be a great game. And look, I think Detroit's got something to prove here because mm-hmm. last year, Ottawa didn't just knock them out of the playoffs. They bullied them. They bullied them. And so now you're kind of sitting here and you're saying, we have to, we remember the way we were pushed out of postseason yeah. contention. And we have to handle it. Uh, and we don't like it. Uh, that one should be a good one. Um, and Hockey Night in Canada, always a great one. And you mentioned one of the headline games, the Tampa Bay Lightning facing off against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and that will wrap. Okay, enjoy the rest of your Friday. We will watch for you tomorrow on Hockey Night Fridge. All right, buddy. Take care. Elliot Friedman uh, from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. By the way, two really 
I understand why they made the decisions, but two really poor decisions made last night by players, both engaging in a fight. Uh, one, Ty Karche of the Seattle Kraken. Uh, if you're going to go at someone, maybe a good idea not to make that person Brendan Lemieux. Poor choice is his quote after. I got beat up pretty good, but that's all right. That from Ty Karche uh, with the Seattle Kraken. The other one... And you understand where Mark Friedman's trying to, you know, curry favor with his new head coach, Rick Tockett, and play a Tockett brand of hockey. Maybe not a good idea to fight Tanner Janot of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's kind of a killer. Just a heads up.